Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. Mile high hello everybody in Broncos country. Welcome into another episode of the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. I'm your host Lance Sanderson and joining me as per usual is my good friend and colleague. He is Mile High Huddle's senior NFL draft analyst and a very busy bee here today from the sound of it. Re-updating his big board, Eric Trickle. Eric, how's it, how's it coming so far? You're what, they're right about the middle of round four right now doing your big board right now? Yeah, I'm, almost, I'm like, I'd say probably about halfway done with it. Um, you know, decided to do an update. A couple big injuries happened. You know, David Ojabo, we've talked about that before. And then there was um, uh, Damone Clark for out of LSU, the linebacker. He had that spinal injury. Updating for that. Updating on new information that's being put out there. Watching a few new players that I hadn't watched before. Um, a guy that Eric Johnson, a guy that Nick Kendall brought up to me. Uh, got around to watching him, so adding him to the board and just decided that instead of just trying to fit them in, I'll just pull up my grading system, all my grades and everything, and just basically redo it um, and then basically call it good. Hopefully, I'll be I'll be tweeting out the links for that hopefully next week, so keep an eye out for that. But super excited that the draft's almost here and ready because that means that I can get some extra sleep. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you're, you're going to take about a month off there in June. I know you usually do something like that. You try to take a little bit of time and, you know, recuperate because you, you do pretty much bust your butt the entirety from, oh, about September all the way through the draft, you know, finalizing player grades and rewatching players and stuff like that. It's a, it's a pretty long process, guys. You got to have a lot of respect for Eric and what he is able to do. But today, guys, we have a great show lined up for you. We're doing NFL draft. Would you rather? Um, we also have an update on the Broncos ownership situation. We'll start the show off with that. With that, guys, there's a major update going on here at uh, the not really major. I guess this is a, a kind of a, a brief update here on the Broncos ownership situation. Uh, let's see, who is it? It is Rob Walton. Um, he is the CEO of, um, or the owner of uh, Walmart. He's actually got a net worth of nearly $70 billion per CBSSports.com. Um, and he's actually getting ready to put in a bid for a $4 billion price tag. And that would be a record uh, record price for the sale of an American professional sports franchise, topping what David Tepper paid that $2.2 billion for the Carolina Panthers in 2018. And then Joe Sy paid $2.3 billion for the Brooklyn Nets in 2019. So $2.3 billion, damn near going to double that for this Denver Broncos team with the gambling and the new TV revenue and everything like that. This is actually kind of a big update. Eric, what do you think about this? I mean, I, I like it. I've been, I mean, we talked about it before with Jeff Bezos. I'm Really against him owning it and rob walton like it's fine i know there's a lot of issues with how walmart treats their employees my wife works there and for the most part she's treated fine they there, there were some issues when our daughter was born but uh, uh 
outside of that, I mean, it's been pretty good and it's fine, but you're never, you're not going to find a billionaire who owns a huge company that the, you know, the ethics of the company are, you know, the best. Um, there's definitely issues with Walmart and how they treat employees and everything. And it's like that with any company really. So it's, it's a fine, it's fine. Um, I mean, it's just, my biggest thing is I want somebody who's just going to be a little bit more hands off. And that's just been my biggest, biggest thing for it. I don't want somebody like Jerry Jones who's going to be heavily involved in it or the um, Washington commanders owner, like how yeah, Al yeah, Davis was there towards the end. I don't want somebody who's going to be in control. And I think with Rob Walton, I think for the most part, he'll be pretty hands off. So I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all right with it as well. Um, per the CBS report that I'm reading right now, uh, it was actually cited by uh, the New York Post. Uh, the the New York Post additionally reported that the Broncos are only accepting offers of four billion dollars or more. Period. Uh, noting that insiders project uh, project a final sale price between four and a half billion and five and a half billion. Um, Apollo Global Management founder Josh Harris, who also owns the Philadelphia 76ers, is expected to submit a bid as well per the post. Um, now, Josh Harris is an interesting one because there's some connections there that could potentially have Peyton Manning as one of the, the faces of the front office. Um, you might be a, an investor there. So that could be another interesting idea to, to go in there. And then there's also um, reported rumored interest in uh, in Robert F. Smith, the um, who's uh, I believe he is the wealthiest African-American in the in the world. So that's a uh, would be another intriguing here um as as far as the your comment there goes you know um billionaires don't make billions of dollars the easy way there's obviously going to be some rough backdoor deals and stuff like that people are going to get hurt along the way like that's just, it's kind of a cutthroat deal making money like that um i don't know anything much about josh harris but i do know that robert f smith has some tax evasion stuff that he's had before there's also some other stuff behind that as well so i mean it that no one's going to be squeaky clean, but so long as they're at least a good person for the most part, treat their employees the right way. Um, I can get behind pretty much anybody that wants to do that. And I don't necessarily want a huge group. I don't want like a financial investment group. I want one guy, a, a big top guy that has a whole lot of money that could, that is willing to do uh, potentially a new stadium complex, um, hand out big, large signing bonuses to free agents that they, they want to give out, uh, signing their own players with big uh, signing bonuses to help manipulate the cap space, similar to what the uh, Kansas City Chiefs do with their contracts and stuff like that. Um, so to me, having one big financial investor, one big guy is the, the way that I would want to go. Eric, what do you think of that? I mean, I agree. And it'd be interesting to see what they would do. Um, I mean, there's been talks for a while about a big sports complex out near the airport there in Denver. It'd be interesting to see if he would meet up with uh, what's his face. Um, Nuggets and abs. Um, the name excuse me. Uh, it's the uh, owner Cronky. there. Cronky. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Josh Cronky. Teaming up and making like a huge sports complex with the different arenas and mm -hmm. uh, all that. So we'll see what happens. Um, still, I think the process is really just getting started. The timetable for it has always been sometime after the draft. I think the latest times time frame that Mike Kliss was giving was like somewhere just before the season. So still a lot of time. Rodney Garcia came in and donated some stars. Thank you, Rodney. We appreciate that. Thanks, Rodney. We appreciate everybody's support. There was a question there that actually I wanted to grab to before we get to the main meat of this conversation. And that was, did you see that Kyle Rudolph had a workout with the Broncos today? I did not, actually. That's news to me. Wow, okay. I, I like Jay that. Gla I really do like that. Jay Glazer reported about it, about it 
like an hour or so ago. Okay. And it'd be a fine move. I mean, they're still looking for tight end help. They don't need a, somebody who can be the guy. Um, we talked, we've talked about it last week about the usage of tight ends from green Bay where Nathaniel Hackett's bringing the scheme over and how Russell Wilson's really used them. So don't need a guy there. I mean, you just can use some bodies and Kyle Rudolph. He's not the player he once was. He's still solid. He's still capable and yep. he still can contribute there behind, um, uh, Albert Okwebenam. Yeah, uh, I would really, really enjoy that move. We'll get back to that here in just a second. Lawrence Rivera jumping in here. What up, guys? Uh, Broncos country just gained a lifelong Broncos fan and an amazing veteran. Uh, just, okay, uh, rest in peace my uncle Anselmo Puga lived a long and beautiful life, and hopefully we get uh, that Broncos sunset here in Colorado tonight to send him away the right way. Lawrence, I'm terribly sorry for your loss, sir. Um, that's uh, very unfortunate, and may your uh, may your uncle rest in peace. I hope I said his name the right way. Uh, and thank you for being here with us. I, I Hopefully we can put a good show out there for you. Um, give you a, an escape from reality for just a little bit. Talk some football with us. Get any questions you want in, man. We'll be more than willing to answer as many as we possibly can for everybody. Um, and again, dude, so sorry for your loss. My condolences for my family yours. Yeah, condolences as well, Lawrence. Thank you for your support continuously. But man, this is the time to be with family. So like rest in peace to your uncle um sorry for your loss man yeah um with that guys want to say hello to a couple of other people here um we got a user on facebook abdirasak i think is how you say that uh josh cave uh is also the a rams owner and can be terrible owner oh, josh Cronkey, yeah uh stan Cronkey is really technically the owner there um but because he can't have multiple stakes in uh the same place i think he has josh run the abs and the nuggets so um but uh, he is also the owner of uh, Arsenal in the, the English Premier League. So uh, he's been using them for profit only. Before he became the owner, they were one of the best teams in the world. And that you're absolutely correct on that. And that's a very astute point. And I, I appreciate that point um, because uh, that's definitely something you got to take a look at. But hello. And that's a new name for us. So welcome into the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. Going to say hello to everybody else. We've got Diego, uh, Trevor, uh, Tra Travis Weber here. Uh, Peter Middleton over in Cambodia. What's up, man? Bobby Robbies, what's up on uh, what's up there on YouTube? Uh, Travis jumping in, throwing some stars down, saying good evening, Lance, Eric, and Broncos country. Lance, you beat me to it about Walton, except he's actually the heir of the Walmart Enterprises. And Eric, I agree as well. I want an owner who loves uh, the game like Bolin, but will stay out of the team business. And you're absolutely right. Uh, so the the Walton deal, I'm not exactly sure how, how the dynamic is. The the father is the one I believe is putting the bid and he's gonna get it for his son or something like that, is the way that I understood it. I don't know how that whole dynamic is gonna play out, but uh and there's gonna be more to come out in as we get some more clarity on who's actually getting some bids. There are gonna be some more um some more information coming out about these these people. So uh anything that we say right now as far as who these people are, take it with a grain of salt. I just don't know as of this particular point. So I will get some more research done as soon as we find out a little bit more clarity on who's coming in here. Uh last couple of guys, Kathy Lund jumping in here. No, I did not get new glasses. I'm working on that though. Um Chase Wellner, Rodney Garcia, we've already said hello to Ernie. What's up, buddy? Uh guys Thank you all for joining us tonight on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. Got 93 sets of eyes and only seven likes. Smash that like button, guys, and get some questions going here. Today we are playing the NFL Draft Would You Rather game. And to give you an idea of what we're doing, uh, pick number 64. We're going to go Would You Rather Draft Player A or Player B. Um, and then I'll get some interesting more 
difficult questions here and give an added dynamic to it. And we're going to try to get Eric uh, on some really good takes here because we're going to start off this very first one. Pick number 64, okay? I have a, a serious question here. Would you rather take a player that is a more finished product that you kind of know that this is what is going to be the guy that you're looking at in the NFL? Or would you rather take a guy with a higher upside? Now, for an example of this, I will say the Broncos at 64 have an opportunity to draft linebacker Chad Muma, who is a more finished product. You have kind of a better idea of what he's going to be at the NFL level. There's still some more upside there. Or you have linebacker Troy Anderson from Montana State, who's a little bit more raw, higher athletic upside. Which would you rather take at pick number 64? Well, I mean, it's always like on a case-by-case -case basis on how you just view the player and upside is kind of like it's not the same for everybody so upside to me might not be the same kind of same level of upside to somebody else um so it it really depends it's a sliding scale based on different positions based on the players how they tested all sorts of stuff um but in this example of chad muma versus anderson i think i'd go muma in this case um but i like anderson and anderson at 64 i'd be fine with but getting to would you rather Linebacker, it's a position where I think that um, I typically tend to lean with people who may not necessarily have the highest of ceiling, but can come in and contribute more right away. Mm -hmm. And I see that with Muma more so than Anderson. And, uh, but I mean, it's, it's a tough one because again, I still like Anderson. I think he can be great in the NFL. I think he offers up a lot of versatility with what he can do in his, his story arc or his career arc at uh, college quarterback, running back, like, was great and he still sees the field in yeah. passing concepts and stuff like he's a quarterback so he's got yeah. good instincts got good awareness he's got the traits you want but for me the biggest factor that comes down to is where i grade them and chad muma for me is a i believe a mid second round player and troy anderson is right there in the third round so muma at 64 is just ends up being better value as well than troy anderson in my opinion Right. And that's kind of the hard thing here is because you, you don't know necessarily what everybody's grades are. I have them uh, about the same as you really in that that mid second, early third round kind of territory. Um, I don't have a big board built. I just kind of have grades on players that I know. Um, but uh, as far as Troy Anderson or uh, Chad Muma, or maybe even you do something a little bit different, you've got um, uh, like offensive tackle here. And I'll just throw the one that I have here. Um, Abraham Lucas or Trace uh, uh, Tyler Smith from same kind of deal you know abraham lucas more more finished product a guy like that tyler smith has a lot more upside has some guard versatility something like that how would you go in that if it was that direction um i'd go with tyler smith in that case because i think tyler smith he's got the right attitude that you want mm -hmm. with abraham lucas i mean he's fine in pass protection but when it comes to his run blocking he's there's a little bit of problem um, some problems there and i don't think he's the most fluid of movers um with Tyler Smith, I mean, you've got you got to really improve his hands. He's gonna there's a lot of penalty concerns there, and but the fact that you can play him inside or outside, um, you can try to work him out of tackle. If he fails, you can move him inside, see if he's able to recover. But I, I like Tyler Smith there more than Abraham Lucas because for me, Abraham Lucas he's a tackle only prospect, and I question if he can really be a true swing tackle and if he's not just a pure right tackle for the NFL. 
Yeah, and I, I actually do agree with you on that one. I value versatility, especially with offensive linemen and defensive backs. Like, that's a big thing with me. How many different hats can you wear? If you're if you're a, a, a center only, you're going to be a little bit lower on a grade, like a Tyler Lind- Linderbaum. He doesn't have that that position versatility. We got some super chats. I want to grab this really fast. We'll get ba- right back to that. Uh, Tom jumping in here uh, with a $5 super chat. Uh, good evening, Broncos country. Uh, Mile High Huddle is the best pot around. Thanks, Lance and Eric, for giving me an hour away from modern life. I like Troy Anderson. That's a player I really like a lot as well. He uh, answered a lot of questions uh, down in Mobile when he was at the Senior Bowl uh, about the the competition that he played against in college playing at Montana State. He went down and actually dominated the Senior Bowl, really caught a lot of people's attention. And from being that high athletic upside kind of raw player that still has a little bit of development to go into, he put himself from that fifth round conversation to a day two pick. Like there's no way Troy Anderson is falling out of the top 100. This kid is a solid spectacular player um and uh what he proved down in mobile was that the tape that he put up at montana state which was dominating at times uh is definitely what he's going to be able to play at at that nfl level so yes i do like troy anderson a lot there i'd be surprised if he's not a top 75 pick really right yeah i mean the way he tested at the size he did like it's exceptional and um yeah, I'm a huge fan of it, and I mean, when you see these smaller school guys, you want to see them dominate the level of competition that they're playing against, and he did that, like, week in, week out, and then he made the jump to the Senior Bowl, and he still continued to play, to show up and show really good football, and his, the sky's the limit for him, really. Yeah. Uh, Cody W. jumping in here. What's up, Cody? Thanks for joining us again, man. It's a pleasure to see your name back in the the, the chat stream here today. Uh, what's your opinion about Jamari Sawyer? It's an interior offensive lineman from Georgia. Eric, what do you think? I like him. Like he he's one of those guys that I just watch and I was uh, I was pulled to. He's just one one of he's my type of offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that, it can be a little bit problematic for me sometimes because I when I find my guys, I tend to like lean away from their, the issues that they have. I like him. I think he's definitely just an, a guard in the NFL. I know he was playing tack or he started at left tackle. I think this last year, I think so. Uh, yeah. So he kind of, he can do that, but I think that's a case of where like an emergency only you want to kick him out to play tackle. Um, and that's like, Oh, you're down a bunch of tackles that getting hurt in one game. You got to put them out there. Um, it, it, that kind of instance i like him i think he's i don't think he's you know has elite versatility in the scheme i think he can do okay in a scheme that will require him to move i think he's definitely got more of a phone booth straight up power kind of guy um so i, I like him i think that i have i think i have him as a early or mid second round grade i haven't really got a chance to study him very much so i need to get a little bit more um in tune with jamari sawyer Whenever I watch Georgia, I watch that defense because it was just so fun to watch, man. There's seven or eight guys that are going to get highly drafted, but all of the all of the defensive line are going to get drafted incredibly high. Um, they have Trevon Walker, guys like that. The, the uh, Quay Walker, Channing Tindall as well, Darion Kendrick, Lewis Seen. Like the, that that defense and, is just stacked, dude. 
And talking about that defensive line, probably the craziest thing about it is the best player from that defensive line isn't even in the draft this year. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Uh, Travis Weber jumping in here. And this actually ties in nicely to my next would you rather question here, Eric. Um, he says, I'm probably going to get raspberries for this, but was hoping to get Melvin Gordon back on a one-year deal. It looks like he might be Baltimore bound, which that is actually a, a very real possibility. He was visiting with Baltimore. Uh, sounds like they are probably going to be bringing him in to get in with J.K. Dobbins. But until that actually happens, I want to throw the hypothetical out just because we've had this conversation before. Um, I've, you and I have gone head to head about it. But there was a report, I believe it was from uh, Pro Football Talk the other day about Melvin Gordon uh, when he fired his agent and then got went into the athlete's first um, agency about how he was probably looking at a one year, about two and a half million dollar deal as, for his next deal. That's probably going to be something about what he's going to end up taking. The Broncos just drafted Javante Williams, traded up, used a bunch of draft capital to trade up and get him last year. Now, sitting at 64, Eric, here's your hypothetical and would you rather, okay? Let's say that none of the uh, – that all of the offensive tackles like a Tyler Smith, Abraham Lucas, um, guys like that go a little bit higher in the second round. Um, the edge players that you really like are gone in the second round. You're not really ready to take a, a dive on uh, Troy Anderson at 64. Chad Moom is gone. And the best available player sitting there is um, – is Brees Hall, the Iowa State running back, like we had on our mock draft last week. Would you rather take Brees Hall at 64, knowing that you already have a major investment and you want to get Javante Williams the ball more, or would you rather bring in Melvin Gordon on that one-year, $2.5 million deal? Oh, and for one year, two and a half? Yeah, yep. I would take Gordon, um, honestly. And then I would still look at drafting a running back a little bit later. Yep, and that was the next part of that. Um, would, you, would you have a, a running back later in that a guy like a, a Richard White or something like that, fourth or fourth or fifth round? But I mean, there's plenty of other variables in here as well. Like if you're sitting at 64 and Brees Hall is the best player left on the board, and you're not getting calls to move down, like then yeah, I'd still I'd still do that and just you know have this three headed monster at running back mm -hmm. after Gordon is. But I mean, ideally you're not looking to bring Gordon in until after the draft. Right. See what happens. Yep. So it's, I mean, again, so many variables. I prefer Melvin Gordon back on two and a half million um, for one year, because then you have the option of what to do next year. You can keep that one, two combo that they kind of, that chemistry down that they kind of got this last year. Um, keep that going for another year with a new scheme coming in. Um, so I, I prefer it, but I mean, I wouldn't be super opposed to Brees Hall. I don't think that Denver would take a running back at 64, though. I, I don't think that they will either. And that's kind of what I wanted to throw out there with this. Uh, Kyron Williams, we'll pair this up and then grab that super chat from, from Tom here in just a second. Uh, Kyron Williams in the fifth round running back out of Notre Dame. Eric, if uh, they got Melvin Gordon and brought in Kyron Williams, what do you think of that? Um, Kyron Williams was probably one of the more disappointing people at the Combine. He didn't test anywhere near expectations and. Um, I'm, I think Notre Dame had their pro day, and I don't think that he really helped himself much there either. I might be mistaken on that. Um, I might be getting a mix up with Isaiah Spiller actually. Um, but Kyron Williams, um, it, I like him. He's a feisty little back. He's going to throw his nose in there as a blocker. But it's just if, if I'm looking at a guy who's smaller, I want that home run ability, and. I wanted him to have it more than he did when I watched him and I was came away a lot rather disappointed with it, but at fifth round, um, 
I'd be I'd be okay with it in the fifth round. Yeah, I'd be all right with it. I like Kyron Williams because he has such a great ability to go and catch the football. So I, that's something that I, I value is versatility there. Um, he's not the best pass protector and not the, really the great vision that you want to see. And in this this running scheme, I'm not sure that he's going to be the best fit there. But if you want to add a, a versatile guy that can go catch the, the football out of the backfield, Kyron Williams makes a lot of sense. I've got a lot of super chats jumping in here. So I'm going to grab a whole bunch of these really fast, kind of not really rapid fire. We'll answer all your questions, but uh, get them get him going as quickly as we can here. Tom, jumping back in with another $5 super Super chat. Thank you, Tom. We appreciate it, buddy. Uh, I would want an edge rusher at number 64. I just don't think that the value will be good. I think we wait to the third round and go D'Angelo Malone out of Western Kentucky or if a quarterback falls uh, like Gordon at 64. Kyler Gordon at 64 would be an amazing value. I don't think that that's ever going to happen. I would love it if it did. Um because he has inside outside versatility, very physical tackler, great coverage, great hands, not, not overly grabby, super fluid athlete. Like uh, Kyler Gordon is a great football player. His, his teammate Trent McDuffie is even better. Like that kid's a, a top 20 pick more than likely. Uh, edge rusher at 64 though, Eric, what do you think? Um, I think they'll be in that, that bad spot where there's kind of a lull mm-hmm. in edges. The guys that would be worth it would go a little bit earlier um, and then there's a few guys who just aren't quite worth it for one reason or another. D'Angelo Malone, he's a guy like um, somewhere in the third round, but keeping him from that 64th pick is like, there's just too many issues against the run. Dominic Robinson, a guy out of Miami, Ohio is a guy I really like. I'm a huge fan of his, but there's a lot of work to be done there. I mean, he's definitely just a ball of clay that needs to be molded. Um, and then Kyler Gordon, as Lance said, I think that that'd be a pipe dream. It wouldn't be a bad pick in, for me, I mean, it'd be really good value. There's a lot of chatter if I'm going in the first round, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't think that if he does make it out of the first round, I'm not sure he makes it out of the first, you know, top 40 picks. So yeah. the first eight or so picks. Yeah. Um, DW comes in with $50. Thank you, DW. We, That's Dale, Dale we dude. That's that. Dale. Um, he says, hello, gentlemen. Thanks again for the hard work and content. I'm a Troy Anderson believer at 64. Football player, smart athlete, versatile Question, if Ajabo falls to mid-second round, would you move up to get him using third from Rams and a fourth? So saying like using like 75 in one of the fourth round picks and keeping 64? No, so the Rams uh, the Rams pick was 96. So using 96 in the fourth round picks, like 96 and 115. Is that is that what you're getting at, Dale? Come back to us on that because if it's 96 I, I, and 115. I, I, I'd assume that you're including 64 in this, but – just without its worded, I'm not quite clear on it. Um, but using 64, a third, and a fourth, like that'd be that'd be a little bit rough for me to go up and get a guy who's really not going to contribute this year. Um, I've said it before on this. I like David Ojabo, but I think the Broncos, if they're looking, especially at edge, you need somebody who can come in and have more of immediate immediate impact. Ojabo's not that. I'm not. If it happens, great. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to follow this Cam Akers timeline. That was such an outlier outlier for those types of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, honestly, my biggest thing is you got to do whatever you can to keep Malik Reed from possibly being in a big role. Like fourth edge rusher is fine, but I mean, you're an injury to Randy Gregory or Bradley Chubb away from him being a starter. So I want somebody who can come in and offers up a little bit more as a starter. Again, that immediate comp. Um, immediate ability to contribute that Ojabo just doesn't have. 
I I agree with you on that one. I, I agree with you when we were talking about that a while ago before the uh, before the Russell Wilson trade, before the injury and everything like that. Ojabo was um, was an interesting study because I think that the upside is there and he can turn into an an elite level um, pass rusher at the at the NFL level. But at the same time, there there's still some rawness to his game and he has a long ways to go. At nine overall, there was a lot of people saying nine overall before the Russell Wilson trade, it would have been worth it to take David Ojabo. Um, I wasn't necessarily there on that one, um, especially after watching uh, Jeremiah Johnson just destroy it at the senior bowl. Ojabo needs, now he's got the year off for the Achilles injury, and he's already had, uh, he probably would have been better off staying at Michigan for another year, to be honest, to develop just a little bit more, but at the same time, maximize your draft value while you have it. Now he's at least out a year and still has to work through all of the issues that he had as a raw prospect coming into the NFL. That's just not something that I'd be willing to do, especially if you're using 64 to do that. Now, if you're using just 96 and just 115, if you can get into the 50s and and figure out a way to do that, I might think about that one. But you've got to keep 64. You've got to keep that 64th pick um, and keep that keep that value there as much as you possibly can. I just don't think in that case the team would be interested in moving down. I think they would be wanting 64 at very at least. Yes. I mean, yeah. obviously at least. Um, so I, I just don't think that a third and a fourth would be able to be enough to get up there. No. Uh, Cody W. jumping in again here, another $2. Uh, sign Melvin Gordon and focus on getting an edge and a right tackle in the draft. I I would be all right with that. Go into the go into the draft, filling as many holes as you possibly can. Tom Lockhoff jumping in again, two dollar donation on this one. Uh, I like Hassan Haskins, the running back out of Michigan. Um, apparently, so do the Broncos. Uh, that was something Benjamin Albright reported on on Broncos Country tonight a couple of weeks ago. Actually, um, keep your eyes on Hassan Haskins in probably the fifth or sixth round um, as a, a guy that can come and fill out that that running back depth chart. Um, Eric, what do you think of, of Hassan Haskins for everybody? I like him. Um... I mean, he's good. He's got good size. He's got decent speed, um, decent versatility. He can fit really well as a number two back. Um, it's just a matter of where where he's going to go. I think he has a chance. I don't think he cracks the top 100, but I, all it takes is one team, and there's some teams out there that I've heard that really like him and could potentially be a top 100 pick for them. Yeah. Um, so. I like him, and he's the guy who met with the Broncos. That report came out just before Albright mentioned the mm-hmm. connection there of liking them, and I mean he's met with them, so there mm-hmm. seems to be interest. Depending on how much stock you put into players meeting or teams meeting with players, because doesn't always mean that there's actual interest there. As Bronco fans know, I mean last year they didn't; they really kept their interest in Patrick Stefan quiet. A lot of teams use those meetings to kind of throw other teams off, or okay, we have severe questions about this person's character. We're going to use these meetings to kind of cement that. Mm-hmm. Meetings are used for all sorts of all sorts of different things. Yeah. Travis Weber jumping in here. I can't remember where I had seen this, but it sounds like Denver might need to trade into the second round if they want Chad Muma. Um, trading up from 64... Yeah. There's a possibility. Let's let's just let's just put that out there. There is definitely a possibility that if the Broncos want to get Chad Muma, they are probably going to have to uh, trade up to get him. I've heard Cincinnati has an interest in Chad Muma as well. So pairing him with Logan Wilson, having the dual Wyoming linebackers, that would be a really fun pair for me, especially because my stepson is a Bengals fan. So I kind of halfway root for him anyways, just for to see him be happy. So uh, to see Logan Wilson, who was a guy I really liked, uh, Chad Muma, uh, again, Wyoming guy, that's kind of what I do. Um, yeah, that would, that would be fun. 
trading into trading up for a linebacker almost has the same palette to me as trading up for a running back, but we just saw how good Javante Williams was. So I mean, take that with a grain of salt. It's not necessarily something that I would be wanting to do, but if you had to do it, I would be okay with it. And it's been for a while now that Chad has been looking like a top like 50 pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pro day, I think just kind of cemented possibly cemented that yeah. there, there's there, there's a lot of love for him in NFL circles. And I've said it on here before that I liked him more than Logan Wilson. And it seems like NFL teams do as well. Yeah. Uh, Peter Middleton jumping in here with a, would you rather question for us guys, get them in, get them in as many of them as you can. Uh, we will answer as many as we can throughout the rest of the day. I still got three more by the way, that I want to get to Eric here, but we're going to grab this one first. Uh, Peter Middleton jumping in from Cambodia says, would you rather draft a uh, highly, uh, highly drafted is uh, so Peter, I'm going to have to give you a qualifier on this one. Is this outside linebacker as edge or uh, off ball linebacker here? Because you can go two different ways from here. I'll say edge for right this second. Would you rather have a highly drafted edge defender linebacker, uh, but no offensive tackle drafted or a highly drafted tackle, but no edge defender? Edge. I'd rather draft the edge than the offensive tackle. Me too. Me too. Um, and part of the reason for that is that Denver, they, I mean, I'm not as high on Billy Turner as others. I think Tom Compton's okay, but you have options here. Whereas at edge, you go from, you have two guys with injury, with major injury history and in Bradley mm-hmm. Chubb and Randy Gregory. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Jonathan Cooper and Malik Reed. I think the drop off is much more significant there at edge. And so you want that, you want that position there. Whereas at tackle, I mean, Calvin Anderson as well, and Quinn Bailey, if they keep him around, like it's going to be a drop off there as well. But it, I, I just don't think it's as significant as one, especially when you have Russell Wilson compared to the abil- inability the Broncos had of getting after the quarterback last year. Yeah. Uh, Chase Welder jumping in here, $2 super chat. Uh, who would you move up for to pick 50, for example? Uh, to me, uh, so this is hard. Because the way that I want to phrase this is not going to sound the way that I actually mean it. Because I'm like a guy that you would potentially see as like a first round pick that's fallen would be the way that I would do that. The way that I would phrase that. There's three players specifically that I'm going to put out to you here, Eric. Um, potential first round picks that could be falling out into the mid 45 ish area, which I think the Broncos could potentially do. Um, and all three of them are a position of need. And in their as far as my concern, probably in this order. Uh, it would be Kyler Gordon first, Boye Mafe second, and Bernard Raymond third. What do you think of that? I agree with two of them. With this corner class, I wouldn't be trading up for Kyler Gordon. I wouldn't trade up for any corner, really, unless like somebody fell drastically. Right. Like Trent McDuffie, for example. There you go. Okay, he fell with that, yeah, then, then maybe. But outside of that, you know, I'm not trading up for a corner. I really like this corner class. Um, Boya Mafia, I mean, I'd be willing to move up there. Um, Arnold Debichetti, he's another one that, yeah, yeah. that I'd be willing to move up for. I really like him. I like what he can bring uh, to the defense. Bernard Raymond, I wouldn't mind moving up for as well. Um, there was another one, too, that I had that um, if he started to fall um, – uh, Jalen Petrie or Lewis Seen, either of those safeties, I'd move up for one of them as well. There, that's a good one too. Jay, uh, Lewis Seen would be a really fun pair with Justin Simmons. 
He really that, like that kid flies. He, he's so fast. He hits so hard too. great in coverage. Like you can slide him down in the box and play some nickel there. He's like a star safety, that, that safety cornerback hybrid, play him in the slot, a really good coverage player. Um, I, I, I actually am in agreement with you on that one. If, if he fell to 50, I'd probably go there to get into the top 40 though. Like there's a, a handful of players I'd probably do it with. Um, the guys that we just talked about are definitely it. Greg Smith jumping in here saying, I uh, hope to get this star sending things squared away over the weekend. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a, it's great. First things first, it's great that you're even here, and it's great that we uh, get to talk football with you guys. Uh, the stars are also very much appreciated, so thank you for that, Greg, but uh, don't think you're hurting our feelings there. Uh, Lawrence Rivera, oh, stars for Greg, stars for Greg, stars for Greg. There it is. Uh, everyone's everyone's uh, donating some stars for Greg. Thanks, guys. But I'm getting the best following, I swear. Like, seriously, <laughs> this it's always so fun with this community because – everyone takes care of each other. We, I mean, there's lots of prayers up and stuff. Uh, Travis jumping in, helping with stars for Greg here. <laughs> Thanks guys. We appreciate all your guys' support. This is a lot of fun here. All right. Uh, Cody W jumping back in again. Uh, if Chad Muma isn't there at 64 is Nick Benito, the guy uh, I'm actually off on Nick Benito. Um, not at 64. I will say that I would take him in the fourth round, but I'm, I don't see him as a top 100 player. I have issues with him in the running game. I have issues with him in his, in his functional strength. Uh, he's a great pass rusher, but he's not very like super bendy. He has a lot of really good techniques, but he's not a guy that's going to bend around. He's not a, a high burst player. He's just going to be a solid pass rusher in a rotation at the next level. He's not a guy that you want to throw out there as a true starter in this league. And at 64, that's a little rich for me. Eric, what do you think of that? Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm not a big Nick Benito fan. I, him and Kingsley and Agbar are mm -hmm. two guys that I constantly get mock drafts for and, or oh. have Denver selecting in these mock drafts. And it's like, mm, I, I just don't like them. I don't like them for Denver with an Agbar. I don't like him in general. I don't think he's that good at football. Um, right. He's a good run defender. Let me say that. I yes. just don't, I think he's very limited as pass rusher mm -hmm. and Nick Benito. I think you got to have the right role for him. I think if you're looking at him for a Kyle Van Noy type role, I think he can be really good. I don't think he has what it takes to hold up as an edge full-time in the NFL. And I don't think that he could really be a full-time off-ball linebacker. He kind of has to play this hybrid role. I like him for that, but it's kind of what the Broncos are doing with Baron Browning. Mm -hmm. So it's just a little, little redundant there. Um, but I, I, I like him. It's no issues with it. it like, it's not like major issues with his game. Like I do with, with Mr. Inagbar, um, but it's or, just. Or how about how about this one? We're gonna throw in a, a would you rather for the three players here. Would you rather have Kingsley Enigbar, um, Drake uh, Drake Jackson, or Nick Benito? I refuse to answer that one. <laughs> so you have to three edges. The three edges that I three of Fade. the four edges that I'm a lot lower on than most people are. <laughs> um yeah, I'm not a fan of Drake Jackson. Um at 64, that right, which one of the three at 64? How about how about if they're all available at 96? Oh, if they're of all, all available at 96? Yep, if, if they're all um, available at 96. Let's see. Here. And and you haven't taken an edge yet. All available at 96, haven't taken an edge yet. Um, I I I I know I just said I'd probably wait until like 115, but I'd probably go Nick Benito. There's there's at least a more versatile skill set there than you get with with uh, Jackson and with K Kingsley Anikbar. Um, that that would probably be the way that I would go. 
But God, that's rough. Oh, that's so. I'd, I'd go Drake Jackson simple because he's my highest edge. Okay. Um, and at least with him, I have a more clear role for him. Right. For yeah. The yeah. Um, Nick Benito. I mean, again, you have that redundancy with Baron Browning, and then with Kingsley and Agbar. Great name, like I, yeah. I, I love the name Kingsley. But you're, he's a good run defender, and it's like if if I want that, I'll go get that later. I think that. Top 150 is too high, in my opinion, for him. Um, well, top 200 really is about too high for him, in my opinion. Um, and I fully expect him to go higher than that, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm just really low on him. So, yeah, Drake Jackson, at least I, at least I have an idea of how to use him and where to play him. Yeah. So we're going to go into another NFL. Oh, wait, we got a uh, another super from Tom here. Uh, DeMarvin Leal is a guy that I uh, keep see dropping uh, at 64. No, I don't think he's a fit for what Denver wants to do. I really don't. They they need if if they want the guy that's going to play with his hand in the dirt at the seven technique, then sure, I can see that. But I think they want a guy that can stand up, get out to as as far as uh, as as far as a nine, have some bend and some uh, ability to get after the passer. Um, Leal just doesn't have the functional strength to hold up in the running game. He's not the best pass rusher either. He's Nick. So we were talking to Nick about Cameron Thomas the other day in our group chat. And he has issues with Cameron Thomas because he's a tweener and he, you know, is like that uh, Demarcus Walker kind of player. He's not exactly sure what the the defined role is for him. I disagree with that. But DeMarvin Leal is that guy, okay? DeMarvin Leal is freaking uh, Demarcus Walker, okay? There's my hot take for you today. He is, and he's probably worse against the run than Demarcus Walker. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, Denver seemed to have a focus on run defense so especially on guys that are playing um down on the defensive line i don't think leal is a guy that you can stand up as an edge um he's going to be a uh, three-point stance end i don't think he can fit as a four-eye technique um and again just he's a liability against the run i just don't see it for for denver um and he tested kind of poorly too he did he he was one who at the texas a&m pro day didn't really help you know, improve his times or anything. Yeah. Uh, Peter Middleton jumping in here. Would you rather have Baron Browning as a full-time inside or off-ball linebacker? Uh, can he be a starter at off-ball? Uh, yes, and I think that's the direction they're going to go with that. Um, when they when they do run um, two linebackers, it's going to be Baron Browning. It's probably going to be Josie Jewell as well. And then when they go into the dime, I do, I do see them using Baron Browning more as a chess piece. So they could actually have him coming off of the edge and keeping um, – like have him rotate in the edge defender rotation. Uh, so that could be a thing there. And then Josie Jewell is the coverage linebacker. But uh, as, as far as a full-time player, yes, I do fully expect Baron Browning by the end of the season to be the, the starting full-time off-ball linebacker for this defense. And and he doesn't leave the field. Like that that's the expect, expectation I have for him. I think he can be that kind of a player. Yeah, I think he's going to be a defensive weapon for them that they can use in a variety of ways with his athleticism and how he was using college. He, he brings that to the table. Um, he definitely brings more value working off the edge than he does off ball. Um, I wasn't sure where the best way to put him was, but I think I thought he showed enough to you know kind of stick out as a um as an off ball linebacker. Um, he's gonna have this hybrid role, so we're gonna see him doing both. But I don't think we'll see him leave the field often outside of um outside of uh injuries. Yeah. <laughs> There was a question about the Vegas draft meetup. Uh, any updates on that? I am not 
aware of any updates on that is from Raymond Perea. Um, so Ray, no, I, I don't have any updates. Eric, I don't know if you do either. Scott, anything down there? No, he doesn't know anything yet. Uh, watch um, the Huddle Up show. Uh, you might have to throw a super chat on that and to, to get him to see it. Um, and they'll answer any questions you have about that race. So uh, Huddle Up is on Sundays, Mondays, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday. So check that out because um, they, they're going to have some more information for you. If they're, if they're still doing the Vegas draft meetup, I think they are. Um, I'm not going to be able to go. I get married a month after that. And the uh, fiance said, no, you're not going to Vegas without me. And I'm not going to Vegas a month before the wedding. So <laughs> uh, Travis Weber jumping in here for offensive linemen and not trying to sound like a homer. But I like Braxton Jones from Southern Utah. Eric, Braxton Jones, high upside guy. I know Scott was a big fan of him from down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, decent in pass protection, really good run blocker, uh, decent athlete. He ran in sub five uh, in his 40-yard dash. Uh, one of five guys, I think, at the offensive tackle position that did. Um, th there's, there's a lot to like about Braxton Jones. What do you think of Braxton Jones? Probably 115? Oh, if you can get him at 115, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm all for it. Um, I'd consider him at 75, but I'm a really, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I like, I like him. He's not graded higher than Abraham Lucas, but I like him more than Abraham Lucas. Okay. Um, Braxton Jones is my, is one of those guys. That's my type of offensive lineman. Um, yeah, I like him. I think he's got good versatility. I think he could, he's one of the few guys in this that I see that really has that potential to play on the left side in the NFL. Yep. I think he'd be do much better sticking on the right side or mm -hmm. being, you know, that swing tack backup tackle, but he's one of the few that I have that. And that's one of the reasons why I like him more than Abraham Lucas. Cause he actually has that versatility. Yeah. Um, so I, I got a, would you rather for you then coming out of this? I, I, let's, let's get Kenny first. Kenny, what's up, dude. It's good to see you. And hopefully you're still doing all right. It's with your new army career, man. It's, it's great to hear from you. Uh, what remaining free agencies should Denver kick the tires on? There's one specifically, I know they already went and, uh, uh, I know they already went and signed K1 Williams for the cornerback position, but Tavon Young, man, Tavon Young, the cornerback from Baltimore, he has slot versatility. He can play on the outside. He's actually a high quality player, high quality coverage player, um, good tackler, um, physical and run defense, like a, a overall just solid addition to the cornerback room, raising the floor of this team. That's a guy that I really am intrigued by. I think the Broncos should uh, at least give him a call and see and see what he's uh, see what he's wanting there. The the one guy that I'd like to see in a Broncos uniform, see him return home to the area, Clayus Campbell. There you I go. mean, dude's like 80 years old and still playing like at a high <laughs> level of football. Um, with how young the Broncos are at the position with McTelvin Ajim behind him, I think that he'd be good to help bring him along, kind of be a mentor for him while still being able to bring a starter. And he's still quite capable as a pass rusher and as a run defender. I think that he could really round out the unit up front. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good point too. Uh, I want to... Uh, Peter, you're saying ask Jeffrey's question. Uh, repost it for me so I can see that. We'll get that here in just a second. Oh, Scott's got it. Never mind. Scott's got it. Uh, Travis Weber jumping in here again. Hey, Eric, so we are we out of the thought of drafting the punter from San Diego State, Matareza? I want you to tell everyone what your finalized draft grade is on Matareza. Please and thank you. Yeah, he carries, a, I believe, a late third-round grade from me. Um, highest grade, I've, I mean, I haven't graded a lot of punters. I think the last one that was that I graded that was, you know, I actually had a draftable grade was Matt Gay. Um, 
but yeah, Matareza, uh, he had a late second round or late third round grade for me. I mean, I like him. I mean, the dude's accurate with his kicks. He's got plenty of power, and uh, you know, I can't I can't sleep on the ability that he can bring as a kicker as well. But yeah, I, I like him, but not for Denver, just simply because hopefully we're not punting a lot. And the times we do punt, I think Sam Martin's fine instead of having to invest into I, a good amount of draft capital, really, yeah. into Erasure. Yeah. So I want to piggyback off of that really fast because I do agree with you that that uh, Martin Jones – or Sam Martin. Martin Jones, what the hell am I doing? Uh, Sam Martin um, is, a, uh, is a very, very underrated punter. Like there's some times where he has some really bad punts. But, man, there was a, a couple of times where he, you know, saved the Broncos' bacon. By booming, you know, 54, 55, 56 yard punts and putting them inside the 10 yard line out of bounds. Like he's a, he's a pretty decent weapon. Like, and you don't need to necessarily move on and upgrade from him unless the cost just becomes so prohibitive. Uh, and I think that you can redo his deal, get some more cap space worked out and stuff like that. Um, so I don't think Sam Martin needs to be at least replaced, not with a guy that you have to, t- uh, if Eric is correct in his draft evaluation, which is definitely for, for him. Um, the uh if you're using a late third round pick so let's say 90 uh 96 if you're using that on Matarasia, i'm that miss me with that one uh jeff here's the one coming back in here really fast uh, any dark horses who can come to us with pick number 64 i mentioned one just a second ago um cameron thomas the edge defender from san diego state this is a kid he's not super bendy um not uh, like an explosive athlete but this guy is solid just he's just going to be a solid football player for you um he can play outside in a two-point stance he can line up inside maybe he has the size and strength and the ability to rush the passer from a five technique if you want to put him out there in a nascar package a uh, solid run defender there's just nothing like overpowering with his game that says this guy's going to be an elite player he's just going to be a nice solid contributor from day one on your defense and probably in a rotation so you're not going to see him on the field all the time but he's going to add a lot of quality depth and give you a better floor for your edge room that's a guy that i really like at 64 if he falls to 75 i'd probably be a little bit better about that but 64 cam thomas sign me up um cam jurgens oh yeah there's another good one there's Um, another good one there yep denver Uh met with him and i think it's pretty obvious that they're looking at upgrading the center position mm-hmm. um great question cole, Lydia. cole strange tyler linderbaum yeah or, mm-hmm. did they bring tyler linderbaum in for a visit i don't think I, they did i don't think I, so. I know they brought in cole strange who many view as a center dylan parham who they who many also view as a center um cam jurgens there was i know there was another center or two that they brought in they're definitely looking and there's been quite plenty of questions that are good questions about Lloyd Cushenberry's fitness scheme that's going to require him to move. And they seem to be wanting to upgrade that. And as top of the fact that Lloyd Cushenberry really hasn't developed he had that third round pick, the mm-hmm. what, 83rd overall pick from 2019, 2020. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 20. Yeah. And yeah, he right. went from a bottom three center as a rookie to a bottom five center um, last year. So he, I mean, Hey, it's a step forward, but not the kind of step forward you want to see. Um, it sounds like that this is a position where maybe they'll take, I mean, he was there working with Russell Wilson that maybe they'll take Russell Wilson's input a little bit, but they're definitely looking at the center position. Cam Jurgens, there's many who view that he's the better center prospect than Tyler Linderbaum. Um, I'm not one of them, 
Um, so I, I think he could be there at 64. And I mean, it just makes sense for the Broncos. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, versatile, great athlete. Moves very well. Just a mauler in the running game, Cam Jurgens. I love that kid out of Nebraska. Um, trying to find all the, the visits really fast before we move forward. I have finally a list here. Give me just a second here. So the Broncos, where's it? Oh, just jumped on me. The Broncos have had four, four visits. Never mind. Uh, yeah, that's that's not gonna work. I'm not gonna be able to, to run through all that right this second. We'll we'll get you another list and put it up there for you guys. Um, I know they had Cole Strange in for a visit though, so that's a guy that I really like. Fourth round pick, Tennessee Chattanooga, um, probably 116 overall. If you can get him there, I'd be really about that. Uh, he's center guard versatile. Um, that would be something. Put him in there in the rotation with with minors with uh, Grand Glasgow and with uh, Dalton Reisner, and just let him compete and see what he does. Because when he went to the Senior Bowl a couple a couple of months ago, he was just dominant down there. So that's a guy that I really like. Um, one more super chat here, and then we're going to jump back into this. Uh, would you rather? Because I got a really good one for you, Eric, that I want your input on. Tom jumping in here saying, if we go second round edge and third round offensive tackle, who are two guys that are realistic in those spots? I do like that we have back to back picks at 115 and 116. Um, second round edge, Cam Thomas is one for sure to keep your eyes on there. Um, who else, Eric? That like that's such a weird range because second round edge, the, the the value starts again after like 75. Like that's where you're gonna start getting the the Drake Jacksons, the Kingsley Agnabaris, the uh um the the Nick Benitos of the world. Sam Williams would be one um from from old miss. Uh, there's there's a couple of guys there, but in the second round, 64, what do you think on edge there? And then a couple of a couple of offensive tackles at 75. We've kind of talked about those guys already, look so. Um, I think like the only edge I'd be looking at at 64 that I think could realistically be there is uh Josh Pascal out of oh, the, yeah, yeah, I forgot about him. Mm -hmm. Um, he's probably the only edge that I'd be looking at there. Uh, it's just a it's just that weird spot that late, late second. I think the guys who are worth it would be gone by then, and the rest of the guys just aren't worth it. Um, worth that slight reach for them. Um, and then as for offensive tackles, I mean, if Braxton's Jones there, I'd be looking at Spencer Burford. Mm -hmm. I'm not super high on him, but Rashid Walker is another one who could fit. Um, those are three tackles there in that third round pick 75 that I'd be looking at. Yep. Good answer. Good answer there. All right. Uh, Lawrence Rivera jumping back in with an update here. Much love, guys. Thank you for shouting out my uncle and keeping my mind occupied. I'm going to go catch the sunset. Much love for uh, Broncos family. And Lawrence, much love to you from everybody at Dove Valley Deep Divers and uh, the Mile High Huddle and the Huddle Up Podcast Network, man. Um, again, uh, thoughts and prayers and uh, our biggest condolences go out to you and your family, sir. Uh, Travis, a couple more here, guys. Uh, Travis Weber jumping in here. Uh, Bernhardt, the former lacrosse player out of Maryland and played quarterback at another school, I can't remember, was brought in for a visit. He was at Ferris State, I think, D2 school. Um he was the uh, player of the year award winner, um, I think back-to-back -back seasons at Maryland as a lacrosse player, transferred to Ferris State to go play quarterback at the, the Division II football level, won the job, won the starting job, and then took that Ferris State uh, school to a national championship game and won. Like this kid is just crazy, ridiculous story. Now he's uh, transitioning from quarterback to wide receiver, came in at wide receiver and potentially a kick return uh, as it came in for a visit with George Payton the other day. Uh, I don't, uh, is it Jeff, 
Justin, Justin Bernhardt, is that his first name? I, I can't Jared. remember. Jared, that's it. Uh, thank you. Um, the interesting story, Eric, have you, with the, with this information, have you taken a, even a half an iota of a second to go and, and take a look at him at all or not? No. No. Like, if you're looking at him, you're looking at him as an undrafted free agent guy. Yep. Um, I mean, while you're talking, where you're just talking, I did a quick look on it. I guess he did run like a four seven forty at the Maryland Pro Day that um, that he was at. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I haven't watched him. I'm not going to make a judgment on him. Um, four so. seven for a for a wide receiver. That's an that's an ouchie, bro. That's a really ouchie, bro. And you're right, undrafted free agent, kind of a guy, dartboard throw. Let's bring him into camp and see if he can compete. All right. We're at 57 minutes here. I still want to get to this one last. I actually have two of them here that I want to get to, but this one for sure, because I think it's very, um, very astute thinking here. It's, it's also maybe be a little bit controversial here. So let's say that you have an equal value on a player with character concerns and a player with injury concerns. And now I know you're redoing your board and a lot of these players with injuries are falling down. But let's just say, for example, hypothetical here, and I don't know your grades on this, but Sam Williams at 96, okay? And then Damon Clark, if you have if you have a, a third round grade on a player like him and you have the injury concerns with, with Damon Clark, the spinal fusion sur uh, surgery, or Sam Williams, who you know has sexual, uh, sexual assault allegations and stuff like that, which direction do you go? This but, is like, like this I said, is this, actually a situa this is a situation where without being able to speak to Sam Williams, that I really would go neither. Um, right. With the injury to Damone Clark, like that's just way too much of a risk at that point. Um, and then Sam Williams without being able to speak to him, without knowing who he is or anything like that, I I, I, ju I just can't pull the, couldn't pull the trigger on either of them at that at for me at that point. Um, Sam Williams graded out well, but I mean that's just such a huge question mark that. I really just don't know on it. And then um, the Mon Clark, like I still think he gets drafted, but probably late day three at this point. And I mean, even before he got hurt, I don't think he was a top 100 pick, maybe top 150. Right. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a situation where I'd be yeah, neither. The, and I don't, I don't just, I don't necessarily disagree with you on that, but I, I want to kind of, I want to I want to, to to pick your brain on the philosophy there. The maybe it's not even the the sexual assault concerns, um, or it's a this guy had a torn hamstring that ended his season. You know, like you you have a guy that has a, an injury concern like that, something he's going to be able to recover from and still be uh, and be able to come back and be the player that you projected him to be, or you have a player that has a lot of high high character concerns. Um, maybe what, like for instance, he's an, he's an alcoholic, or he he had a an assault allegation, or a DUI or something like that. Like it doesn't have to be, a, I just wanted to throw a couple names in this draft that actually do have these concerns that are very real concerns. So that's, that's kind of the thinking I, I want from you on that one. Which one would you rather go? So say player A has a DUI and then player B has uh, had a, a, a broken ankle in, in uh, his senior year at college. Again, it's, a situation that with anything with injuries or off-field concerns right it's without having the information that i need i can't really go heavy into one way or the other because it just 
there's just so many other variables in play. It would depend on like who else is on the board and things like that. So I, it's one really that I can't make a selection that. Okay. And that's, that's fair. And being in the, the situation that we are in, um, being separated from teams, we're obviously, you know, we're, 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 we're professionals. We work and do this stuff for a living, but at the same time, we're not like in the NFL. We don't work for a team. So it, it is hard because you don't, uh, you got to try to find some back channel information, talk to some, to a lot of people behind the scenes and get as much information as you can. So I respect that on that one. I was hoping that maybe you had a, a little bit more insight to that, but uh, it, if you don't, then, then that's fine. Uh, one last one here. Really oh, real quick. I wanted to grab this question from Zebulon. Okay. Um, he said, didn't Cooper Cup run like a 4-6? If the dude was a QB, then 40 might not matter if he's smart and knows how to help the quarterback. Um, yeah, but Cooper Cup consistently showed it as a receiver. Mm-hmm. And 4-6 Cooper- and 4-7 is quite different, especially when you factor the size. Cooper Cup was like almost was like 205 pounds when he did that. Um, this guy was like 178. Um, so that that matters as well um experience matters like it's one of those things of outliers are outliers for a reason mm-hmm. and you just don't see many receivers have success if they hit a certain mark on the four on the 40 yard dash um when you look at four seven and greater and like and slower i guess would be the better way to put it only one who's really had success at that is anquan bolden and that's just because at the time he was playing in the nfl and his play style it was a perfect match. Yeah. So, so, and I, I wasn't trying to form an opinion on the, this former lacrosse player just off that 40. That was literally the only bit of information I was able to pick outside of the fact that he was, I think measured in at six foot one and 179 or something odd pounds. Yeah. Like that's, I, I don't know much about him. I'm not going to try to lock into definitives, but four, seven at a receiver position, and you're trying to become a drafted player after never playing the position ever, um, sh- w- without seeing what tools you have to work with, it's it's really hard to make that evaluation on him. But you're not starting off great by not being that good of an athlete um, to 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 move forward in the NFL. It's kind of, actually kind of funny because you, I, as you were uh, talking about um, the um, that uh, that former cross player, his name is escaping me for some reason. Uh, I, I did look up Cooper Cup. He did run four six two at the at the combine, but he was six two two oh four. When he did it, and this is Lance Zierlein's uh, NFL draft uh, or NFL.com uh, draft grade. He had a, a prospect grade of 6.20, and according to his scale, uh, said will eventually be an average starter in the NFL. So pretty much one of the top NFL draft names as far as a uh, uh, scout in the, the scouting community goes. Lance, or, uh, Lance Zierlein is tremendous at what he does, and he didn't even think that Cooper Cup was going to be as good as he is. Uh, Tom, jumping in here. With another five dollars, my goodness, Tom, you have been just so supportive over the last what four or five different shows. Thank you so much, dude. Uh, how far do you think Zion McCollum has risen? Great pod again tonight, guys. At Broncos Talk Legends, hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Zion McCollum, Eric, what do you think? Um, I have him as a top one hundred player. I think, I think he's top one hundred player on my board. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes top 100 and if he doesn't i wouldn't be surprised if it's not long after that that he goes mm-hmm. um there there's a lot of love for him there, i mean how he tested at the combine what he did in the drills i mean he was really smooth with his drills i mean he was super impressive in that aspect of it everything about him with the team with meetings that they've had with him talking to him like it's just been nothing but praise for him and it's just one of those guys that 
scouts love and coaches love. So wouldn't be surprised if he goes a lot higher than people think. Yeah. All right. Last one for me here really fast. Um, and then we'll run through some matters of business and get the heck out of here and let you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend here. Uh, all right. Last question as far as the right tackle position is concerned. Got three names for you. We've talked about a couple of them already, and I know your feelings on one of them. But we haven't talked about the third one. So I'm going to say set it up like this. You have Abraham Lucas at number 64, Braxton Jones at number 175, or at number 75, or Dara Rosenthal at number 115. Which one would you rather draft? Um, Braxton Jones. I like Dare Rosenthal, and it's just a matter of I like Braxton Jones a lot more. Right. Um, and it's one of those situations where the value may not be the best in Braxton Jones. But, yeah, I really like <laughs> I really like Braxton Jones. Uh, so and I, I think I that with him, there's not as much development needed as there is with Rosenthal. Like with Rosenthal, you're basically working from the ground up. And he's at that point where Ryan Vandermark out of Kentucky, out of Connecticut, I think Connecticut, uh, that I'd be looking at him at probably. And I think that early, like before 125, 130 is just a little rich for me. But I mean, I'd be willing to do it. But it's just, again, it's just a situation where I like Braxton Jones that much more. Um, I think he's got the makings to be a long time left right tackle in the NFL at the very least. Maybe not like, you know, consistent pro bowl, all pro guy type, but I mean, one of those types that he's your starter, you know, he's your starter and you're perfectly content with him as your starter. Okay. So I got to, I got to bounce this one off of you to try to give you two different scenarios here. We're going to go um, Braxton Jones at 75 and D'Angelo Malone at 115 or Josh Pascal at 75 and Dara Rosenthal at 115. Oh, Braxton Jones and D'Angelo Malone. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Uh, thank you all for joining us on the Dove Valley Deep Divers podcast. Thank you all for all of your support. Like, seriously, you guys don't know how much it means to us to be able to do this and to have the support that you guys show for us every single week. It means the world to us, guys. You guys can follow us on Twitter and interact with us a little bit more at Sanderson MHH for me, for Eric, at Eric Trickle, and for Scott behind the scenes running the ones and twos, making sure we got all of your guys' uh, super chats and stars pulled up today at Scout Kennedy. Also, guys, while you are at it, make sure you guys are following at Mile High Huddle. That is some other account where you guys are going to find breaking news and analysis regarding your Denver Broncos. you got all the film breakdowns. You'll have all the draft content, scouting reports flying. Eric's been doing, like, damn near two a day. It's crazy. He's got, a, like, almost 100. No, 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 I have been. Not damn near. I have been. Today. Yes, it's it's been it's been awesome to be able to follow what Eric's been able to do. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, but, uh, yes, Eric has been just cranking out as much draft content as possible. Um Mile High Huddle, at Mile High Huddle. That's where you're going to be able to find it, milehighhuddle.com as well, guys. Um, folks, if you guys are financially able to do so, make sure you guys head on over to huddleuppod.com. That's the merch booth where you guys can get yourself a hat. There's a T-shirt. There's um, anything for every show, a, a hoodie, a face mask, a coffee cup, a onesie for your baby, anything to suit your guys' fancy. Great way to support the show, huddleuppod.com. Head on over that way if you're financially able to do so. Um, 
Facebook users, make sure you go to facebook.com slash uh, mile high huddle pod. That's the, the podcast account or the huddle up network account on facebook.com. And guys, if you guys are not financially able to support the show in any way, whether it's a super chat or whether it's a stars donation on Facebook, or if you don't want to go get any of the merch, cause that's not your bag guys, three things everybody needs to be doing is subscribe wherever you guys are watching this. Make sure you subscribe to mile high huddle specifically on YouTube, but on Facebook, on Twitter, on Twitch, all social media platforms, subscribe to mile high huddle. Like every video and article that you see, please. That helps us out so much if you do that because it helps the algorithm get some more eyes and stuff on it. But if you really love it, share it. That's a, the, like the most organic way you can help us grow our community. It's best. It's the best and easiest way to make sure that we can do what we do best, which is cover your Denver Broncos. Now, with that, guys, Eric, any last words? Dude, this was a fun show. I, I had a blast tonight. This was a lot of fun. I always like the Would You Rathers, and I Me like too. how the conversation takes off from them. Um, so yeah, it was a good show and I'm excited for it and maybe we'll try to sneak one more in right before the draft or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see if I can come up with some, some other interesting and intriguing questions for you guys. And you guys need to help support the show as, as, as far as that is concerned and uh, give us all of your great comments and stuff, all of your great questions. We love and appreciate every single one of you guys. Uh, we're going to get out of here with that guys. So you guys stay safe and take care. Have a great rest of your weekend. And as always go Broncos. You've been listening to the huddle up podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.